I die, I sing for you. I sing for what is holy and is true. I sing for all creation, for life and liberation, every day anew. Welcome, 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 beloved friends of the Lola Community Podcast. So um, grateful to be here with you today on this incredible, beautiful morning. I'm rising and waking to this new week, new day, new, feels like so many new things in motion. Today is the first day in a year where I am here alone with both of my children actually at school today. And it feels beautiful and hard and awesome and sad and magical and mysterious. Like every good human experience, it is complicated and deep. I just got back from a super long walk in the woods, touching trees and rocks and praying and singing because I really wanted to mark time and honor the ceremony of this day. Um, it has been a year, like it has for many of you, a year of tremendous suffering and pain and difficulty, a year of tremendous gift and healing and connection and clarity. The portals, I just keep thinking of the number of portals I've been walking through that many of us have been walking through. And then sort of there was like this vortex period where it just nothing really felt real. It felt liminal. It felt unknown. It felt like it was really hard to touch the earth. It was really hard to connect to anything true. And now I feel like I've walked through so many portals, um, ironically, while breaking my foot a year ago, right? Walking through a portal without actually walking. Um, but walking through the portal into that vortex of complete disorientation and re-collaborate, um, like reconfiguration in the inside, recalibration on the inside in that liminal vortex. And then now I really feel um, in the expanse. So I think of this energetic shift as kind of a three-part spiral that we always go through like at different stages of our life. It's not like this is the last one I'll ever go through. This just this particular one really feels aligned to turning 43 in May, which I'll turn 43 in May. And there's a lot in the Jewish tradition around the portal in the vortex of age 42. And I definitely felt that. Um, and now I'm in this new world, this expansive, connected, the strengths of my intuition and empathic gifts have heightened and strengthened over the past year. And so I am in this new way of being and operating in this expansive mode um, with, a, with a really strong 
um, sense of intuitive hearing and knowing my gifts from other realms are loud and clear. Um, I'm having a tremendous amount of experiences in my dreams and in my um, in my more intuitive and spiritual gifts that are becoming louder. I'm aligning and connecting at a much deeper level with many humans here um, with a sense of knowing and a sense of um, uh, real clarity. So that's where I'm at is really open to the idea that everything and anything is possible in any realm, the more than human world, um, the dream state, the waking state that I truly deeply believe I have a sense at the core of my being that has been validated a number of times this year and affirmed through a number of healing practices and experiences I've had that um, the time is now, that we, we can do this now. Um, I think the time is probably always now, depending on where you were. But for me, it's just in terms of that level of depth. And so now that I've been through so much this year, I'm able to start to shift and align my external world. And so I've had all this internal transition and transmutation of emotions and healing and digestion that had to happen of some real core wounds that we're holding on that have um, really beautifully <laughs> started to release. Yay. And now I feel this like divine fire and power to shift towards um, action and aligned in the vision in the world I want to live in. And there's this like very, very loud call to birth, um, uh, to birth a new community based on some of these things that I'm learning and feeling and knowing and connecting with other humans about. And so um, I am just open to it all. I'm open to the, un to the magical unfolding. Um, I'm curious to see where all will land. This is the stage I love of creation because now my mind, my like amazing cognitive minds and planning that I love to do. And it, I have been practicing for so many years and it's really, really fun for me. Like this is now the stage where I get to do that. So I'm reaching out for collaboration ideas. I'm um, making a bunch of lists. I created a notebook for this new community. So like it's, it's in the formation process of energy of sharing it with others and sharing it with you all and then seeing kind of what ebbs and flows. I don't do this type of creation or creative practice to get somewhere. It's more because right now in this moment, following the stones, if you will, like the threads and the callings and the knowings from deep within are so alive and <laughs> loud. So this process um, has really been bringing up a few things for me that I wanted to share today, which is that, you know, as a kid, I was definitely called too sensitive, too emotional, which then just for me translated as being too much. And I really know that my sensitivities and my connection to emotions are exactly what's needed in this world, that I hope that I do not live a day where my sensitivities or my emotions are shamed 
or not recognized as the gift that they are because the level of connection and clarity and love that I experience with other humans, I deeply believe is because of these sensitivities and emotions and connections. And I think we've lived in a world for way too long that has made these gifts, these feminine energy, not female, but the, the feminine energy gifts, um, underground, buried, shamed, not enough. And I just wanna kind of claim and put the fork in the ground that that's such BS and our sensitivities are the path to mental health. Like I shared publicly, I wrote to y'all on my email list about feeling exhausted from Sailor's trial because I was, and that was a lot to go through. But the experience of riding through the, the pain and riding through the difficulty, when I pressed send and left my house and went for a walk, I felt so alive and connected and much healthier mentally because I wrote the truth of the experience and I processed it on the page and I shared it with other humans who value authenticity and who value the shared stories of our lives. And so that sort of being too emotional or too public with my writing or, you know, kind of um, opening my heart and my thoughts, what it has brought me is love and connection. The responses and the care that came from our community. You know, I care for people all day, every day. I love it. It's what I'm here to do. I'm here to create communities of belonging, um, to belong myself and to encourage other every other person who wants to live in this wholehearted way. Like, hey, you can come too. You can come too. You can come too. And that means that there is a level of vulnerability and openness um, as an entry point that we're not here to mess around and bullshit that like everything is fine. Everything's fine all the time. When we go through hard things, it's up to us to be honest and open about them and to trust ourselves that we're going to make it through um, that process with that same openness and honesty that we don't need to fake it to make it. So the point of that is that that sensitivity, that emotion that I I personally just tend to put on the page brought a lot of care and that's the exact kind of care that I give other people. And so as I'm trying, um, trying is not the right word, inviting, receiving, I am actively practicing this energetic flow of loving people and letting them love me. And some people are easier than others. Um, one area I had a lot of stuck brain stuff on was our community, like, you know, I'm, I present so strong. I believe I am actually really strong and I'm still human and still need like a hug from a best friend once in a while or a phone call check-in or, you know, not just to be caring for other people. And so this kind of new leadership, this new feminine leadership is saying, um, I am you know, going through something and I'm okay. So I'm just laying that part out that we are also, you know, able to continue in, especially in this expansive mode, right? So that whole worldview that I was sharing earlier between portal vortex and expanse is like, oh, well, if you're in the expanse and the energetic flow, then it's actually not all on your shoulders. You are not alone in your responsibility for your mental, physical, emotional health. This is collective. This is communal. 
And that is why I feel like my relationship to goddess and Shekinah and all of this um, incredible divinity work that's happened over the past year um, or opening to the divine. It's not even work. It's been, it's been such a pleasure and such a joy um, to find my way to her energy and to tap into it for creation um, and for support and for caring for others through so many difficult times this year. Um, she's caring for me and my ancestors are caring for me and my angels and spirit guides and all of the unseen realms have been holding me. And I also think it's so powerful to um, receive love and good wishes and thoughts from those who are experiencing life together, that we are experiencing life together. And so really just honoring, you know, what are those things that you were called as a kiddo? Um, you know, is there any of that residue still in your system that's blocking you from feeling that connection to the divine or universal energy or source, um, or even yourself and your just like full lived experience? Um, there's a line that keeps coming through on my walks and um, something that I just really wanted to share, which is that you are the one you are waiting for. And this is this is like the opposite of a life coaching, like private session, right? And so like, yes, I am telling you this and you may not need my services, which I'm fine with because as I shift more towards, again, these kind of this other type of communities, um, it's not really a type, this other branch of our community that we'll be building. Um, I really do believe that in community is where the healing happens and that in relationship within community and conversation and kind of the intersection of inner voice and studying texts. Like I'm not going to go all in with just consciousness and meditation and asking inner voice. I think what I've learned from the past nine months is that there is also there's kind of too much room for margin or error if you have been mostly listening to your mind and not your inner voice. So I don't think it's going to be the only way for everybody, which again is like actually a statement I would say for pretty much anything. It's not going to be this is the only path or the only way. And so this whole idea that you are the one you are waiting for is... Oh, it's just like, for me, it's just been mm, really tapping into that deepest abundance that nobody's going to come and save me. Nobody's going to, um, you know, take over my email if I'm not responsible with it or take me off Netflix if I've been watching too much or make me stop drinking if I'm drinking too much. Like I am the one I'm waiting for. And what does that mean to step into her every day? And part of what I've really been experimenting with is just allowing her this archetype of the one I've been waiting for to really be present in the morning. And so I get to kind of have a conversation with her and just ask her like, you know, what are the highest, what are the things you want me to do today that are for the highest and best? Like, what are the things to do today that will serve the wholeness of who I am? And Sometimes, you know, she'll say like, you need to rest today, please get in bed, watch a show, sleep, like stay in your PJs. And some days she'll be like, get up, check your bank accounts, move some money, put some in, you know, pay off that debt, 
put some money in retirement. Like she can be rather bossy. Um, as I've been listening to her, mm, she'll say things to me like enough. If I start to kind of spin out or ask too many questions about something, you know, she's a part of me that is just very, um, I don't know. I've just watched her over the past few months be reminding me that you are the one you are waiting for. And that if you want to have this life of sacred marriage, and I'm going to talk about sacred marriage of masculine and feminine, it's not actual marriage of with like Mel and I, but sacred marriage. Um, it really is about living into that. For me, I've always called my life since I had children, the sacred ordinary life. And it is no surprise that this week Sailor turns 13 and my beautiful daughter who is intuitive and kind and creative and brilliant and an incredible advocate for her own self and life and learning, um, that it was her birth that really birthed this idea for me, a sacred ordinary life, which means that I bring in the mundane with the mysterious and I let them both weave back and forth that I land myself in the present moment of dishes and laundry and emails and that this is life, that it's not out there. It's not, you know, when blank, when I make a million dollars, then I'll be happy. It's not that. And Sacred Ordinary Life has brought me from our old house, you know, we used to have this very big fancy house and we sold it and we moved into this tiny rental. It's not really tiny, actually. We, there's like plenty of space here, but it's a kind of a rundown rental. Um, I love, love, love it. it. It feels like my creative cottage. It's just, I just love the house that we rent and live in now. And we used to have another property and at a beach house and that felt um, stressful. I just share this because we, we had during a period of our marriage and our life, a lot of wealth. And I do not remember that making life any, um, more day to day joyable. It brought a lot of privilege. It brought a lot of space. It brought a lot of gifts. Um, and I also know that I, and a bunch that I've learned this year about myself and my past lives is like, I actually thrive better in, um, more simple environments and simple life and simple lifestyle. Let me put it that way. And so I just, my system feels better in a more simple lifestyle with less stuff and less options and less bills. Um, and so the sacred ordinary life became just kind of my own personal mantra for how I wanted to parent and write and live is that it was never about external being more important than the internal or that the calendar, like the exciting things on the calendar never were more important than being able to wake up and have an ordinary life. And that came because early on, years and years ago, even before I had kids, I was reading memoirs and stories of people who had lost loved ones and had died and were kept saying things like, the ordinary is the most beautiful and magical. It's just you don't realize it when you're in it because you're constantly trying to go somewhere else and want something else. And so 
I just, it really stuck with me and continues to stick with me that my dream for my life, this go around is to have a sacred ordinary life. And this sacred marriage is one of the ways that I really do it. And it's kind of more of the action piece. And so what that means to give you some like in real life examples is that it really helps me um, navigate and weave back and forth between divine feminine, which it for me in my life is around spaciousness and creativity and the unknown and writing and reading and dancing and moving and just like being in my full body um, spiritual, spiritual, spiritual. That's like my version of divine feminine doesn't have to be yours. You get to define that for yourself. And then the, the weaving and the, and the interconnectedness with the divine masculine, which for me is getting up, recording podcasts, uh, making lists, paying my bills, being responsible for visioning and planning, making doctor's appointments, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So that's what I'm on. That's what I'm thinking about in my mind and on my mind and on my heart pretty much all day, every day. Is this like back and forth of like, have I had too much of this and do I need this? And like, how does that flow and work together? And so I was thinking about, you know, what are the ways I could kind of share this with you? It'd be like moving and strengthening or moving and stagnation. So like there's times during the day where I'm moving my body or moving my money or moving my papers. And there's times for deep work where you kind of sit and focus. And sometimes that means like sitting in meditation, or sometimes that means sitting and write a blog post or, you know, again, like the moving and the stagnation. Strengthening fits in there for me because I think it's really easy to just keep moving and not settle, not strengthen um, not kind of build resilience and capacity of mind or project to keep going. And so I have this moving and stagnation that I think about, but then I also think about where do I want to strengthen today? Like what's a muscle I want to strengthen. And sometimes it's like physical. I keep these weights in my office here. I'm looking at them. And sometimes I just need to like lift them for a little and be like, okay, you know, I might do it while I'm thinking about something or working on something or taking a break. Some other other areas of the sacred marriage are really clarity and confusion. It's like clarity for me oftentimes actually is so much divine masculine. It's like I'm sitting down, I'm working on a new website. Here's what it is. It's clear. It's direct. For me, confusion, it can be too tight or too loose. I mean, confusion can definitely lead to dis-ease or mental health issues but or kind of a lack of direction. But in this case, I really think of the confusion as more of like the unknown state is like just the dreaming. So maybe I'll just like get a big piece of paper and kind of map out, you know, ideas for the summer or, um, you know, business ideas. Like I said, I'm working on a bunch of different like creative outlets and I'm trying to like kind of listen to my heart about what this next version of my life, like how will it evolve in this expanse, you know, all of these different pieces I've been sharing. And so that to me is not as clear. It's more of a confusion. It's more of an unknown. And I really think having both of those is what helps them be in that healthier range. Um, we talked a little bit about power and strength, a little bit about kind of a healer. So again, with the power and strength and the healing, 
I see this as masculine and feminine energy because there are certain things that I do every day that are very aligned with divine masculine ritual and routine. And there are some things that I do in my own altar practice, in my ancestor practice, in my spiritual practice that is much more just asking for healing and guidance, external support from goddess or angels or spirit guides or just the universe, you know? And that's more of a healing energy. It's more of a let me let let the healing flow through me. Um, the whole to me and through me that I have on my arm. It's like, let it flow through me and the world. And that's a different energy than drinking my Organifi, my green juice in the morning, which I love and it makes me feel so good. That feels like much more in the divine masculine realm in terms of having like, it's, it's intentional power and strength. It's intentionally honing my mind and my body um, and my soul. But my healer mentality is much softer and she's just like there's space for her too here it's not just one or the other of course not too tight not too loose which you hear me talk about all the time with ayurveda same with abundance and scarcity mindset and practices is there are times when i want to save there are times when i like getting a discount there are times when reusing my clothes or eating food that I already have feels so good. It's like better to be simple and scarce. And there are times when it feels so good and luxurious to just totally soak in pleasure of abundance, whether it's a luxurious nap or spending money on something that I really, I, I just want to spend money on. I'm spending money on Sailor's birthday um, on something that she is an experience that she will just love. And it's way more than I would normally spend, especially on myself. And it just feels so good to be in abundance. So I don't want to shame like abundance mode or scarcity mode. I want them to work together when, so that there are times when I'm aware of where simplicity feels better. And sometimes that's used as scarcity, but just it feels better in my system to be intentionally doing less, saying less, paying less and um, saving money. And then there's times when it just feels so good to give and to and to spend money on things that I love or people I love. OK, so that's like a little bit about what sacred marriage really is in life in order to dance the flow so that we can come into that sacred ordinary life that I've been talking about. Um, I'm curious how this is landing. It's really challenging as a teacher and someone who like loves to read other people's energy and ask questions and think more critically to just have an open-ended kind of conversation like this because there's not that opportunity. So hopefully you're in the Lola community on the Mighty Networks and you can jump in and ask me a question. Um, love to do a Q&A. We've got a Q&A coming up on Friday, March 12th for our new Lola community members. I think it's at 7 or 7 a.m. Eastern time. Feel free to jump on. Those are just free community conversations, meet and greets, check in, see what's going on with our spiritual lives. Um, I hope this, oh, this episode, again, just kind of lands to you. You are the one you are waiting for. And if you want to practice writing out some of these um, ebbs and flows of your own sacred marriage for your sacred life, 
Um, feel free to schedule a session with me. Everything is pay what you can sliding scale right now. So um, I really would love to work with you on helping you figure out for yourself what is your spiritual map? What is your roadmap for integration of really appreciating your your own life and all the challenges and the joys that you are experiencing? So with that, I will wish us all beautiful blessings for a wonderful rest of your day and week. May we all be happy. May we all be safe. May we be filled with ease and comfort as we navigate the shifts toward the seasons ahead from portal to vortex to expanse for the more than human world, for this beautiful land that we're living on here. I'm on Piscataway land, honoring those who came before. So much respect and reverence for all of our ancestors who have helped us along the way. May it be so. May we be blessed and loved and connected in this world and in all the worlds. I die. I sing for you. I sing for what is holy and is true. I sing for all creation, for life and liberation, every day anew. Yanda yana ya, yanda yanda ya.